Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And here we are with our part six Ooh. of our special The Last of Us, a mini-series where we recap and react to the HBO Max series, The Last of Us, based on the 2013 game, of which I am a huge fan. We are not the official podcast, and in fact, somebody texted me the other day and was like, I heard this on the podcast, and I was like, oh, really? I didn't know that. And they're like, oh, it's not your podcast. I was like, all right, well, thanks. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are not the official podcast, but we are one that I think has some good points and some good thoughts and some fun times. We have fun times. We do indeed. Uh, this is a, a mini-series. We are doing it one week after the most recent episode airs. So this is one week after episode six, uh, which is called Kin. And there are nine episodes of this series. So the final episode, probably, unless we do a two-parter, which is possible, will be March 19th because the finale of the show is March 12th. Uh, so after that, we will go back to our regularly scheduled programming slash my happy hours, which have been moved all about uh, for these Saturday <laughs> episodes. <laughs> uh, also, there will be spoilers for the first six episodes of the series. Samantha is my guardian and making sure I don't spoil the whole thing. And it's this one's going to be tough. This one's right. going to be tough. I'm going to I'm going to say, uh, but I think we can do it. I think we, we can, can do, do it. it. We got mm-hmm. this. We got this. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for my wonderful recap? Samantha gives the best recaps. I am so ready. Right. Yes. So again, because this is an HBO Max show, just as a reminder, content warning, there's violence and sadness and trauma all throughout, uh, which is right up Annie's alley. 
that is what she loves. Um, and yes, uh, so if you haven't watched the six episode six, pause, go watch, come back. Yes, yes. Because my my explanation is so good. Mm-hmm. It's like you you you're watching it as I'm speaking it about is, it. I'm sure. Honestly. I'm sure. Okay, so. We are back with Ellie and Joel, uh, who all of a sudden, we come into a picture of a cabin dude. Someone, someone is walking with rabbits. There was a lot of conversation that happened, by the way, at our place about the rabbits. We're not going to tell you why, but there were conversations, (laughs) just so you know. And then we walk in and you see uh, the character's name is Florence, uh, a Native woman who is just chilling in her chair while Joel is sitting next to her. Or does he sit? No, he comes out. Mm-hmm. He comes out with a gun. It is like a rut row. And uh, we find out that Joel's trying to get information, trying to figure out where they are exactly because they need to find Tommy and then trying to figure out, you know, where's the closest area to any headquarters. What's going on, essentially? That's what he mm-hmm. says. Um, and we have this great banter that this low-key banter that's happening between Florence and the other character is Marlon, who, by the way, we just discovered that they were together in an old 90s sitcom called Northern Exposure, which I remember. I did not watch, but I remember because it was really big for five years. Apparently, this was like a mini reunion for the two of them. And I really feel like this is for those 90s adults who know, if you know, you know. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also feel like there's a low-key, like, if anybody's going to survive an apocalypse, it's the indigenous people of this area. I think they're mm-hmm. right. But whatever. <laughs> um, so we have this fun banter that happens between the two of them. All of a sudden, uh, he's like, she's got a gun. He's got a gun. And there's a girl. And then Ellie kind of like, hey. And, he, and then Joel's like, stay up there. And she comes down. And everybody's like, what's happening? But then they all have to sit, uh, sit down. Turns out that Florence made them soup. They were very hungry. They were very thankful. And the dude, Marlon's like, what? Why'd you make them soup? All great <laughs> She says it was cold. It's cold. They're here. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> there, and he's like, why didn't you get the gun? He, she goes, because it's way over there. It's fine. <laughs> so, wonderful moment. Um, and we do discover through this conversation that this area is kind of barren. Not a lot of infected because it's pretty much just too far out. Uh, not enough uh, civilization. Not a lot of supplies. All of these things. Um, they do say that the, it is the river of death. They call it. And that the only thing they, they know is when people go out, they don't come back and there are but dead bodies everywhere. Don't go. Um, he does give them the area they're at. He doesn't know a Tommy. They don't even know about fireflies. They think it's hilarious. They're like, there are people that are fireflies? Hilarious. There are firefly <laughs> people? Um, and so they go on together. Ellie steals a rabbit. And as they're in a cave together trying to stay warm, she's like, man, I should have taken two rabbits, all these things. They have a whole conversation about uh, he's going to be a sheep farmer. That's what he said, being jokey-jokey. Um, He tries to get her to go to sleep. He said he's going to keep watch, but he, of course, falls asleep and to only see that Ellie's awake and has the gun. She had taken the second shift. He's like, wake me up. She's like, you weren't. Awake. Of course, I'm going to take the second shift. And he's like, Well, next time, wake me up because you can't be doing this. I have to take care of you. She's like, You then stay awake. Mm-hmm. End of story. So they move on. 
They shoot it off into the water to see, if, like, towards the water, if anybody's going to come towards them. They think they're safe. They go to the second part, and she's like, wait, what if this is a river of death? And then all of a sudden, they are surrounded by pretty much cowboys. I'm just going with that. Uh, and they are like, oh, no, what's happening? They've got a dog. This dog sniffs out the infected. So, uh-oh, scary moment, scary moment. And during these times, by the way, Joel is having panic attacks. Yeah. This is fairly new. I did not mm-hmm. see this in the video game. I guess you can't really play that in the video game, but... We see this here. So Mm -hmm. he's having panic attacks. At this point, he's thinking, oh, no, Ellie's going to get eaten. Oh, no. But then everything turns out okay. She's having a good time with the dog. She loves dogs here. Anyway, moving on. Um, And so then we see him talking to them, and they're like, what do you want? We'll let you pass if you do these things, or you need to move move along. And then he's like, I'm trying to find Tommy. And then we see this woman come up, and we're like, "Uh uh-oh. And she's like, oh, how do you know Tommy? And then they go into this wonderful town. It's very Western looking. Um, it has all electricity and supplies and children and happiness. It's kind of odd. And we find out that Tommy is there. Holy crap. And the person who lit, led them is a woman named Maria. We don't know the significance, but she seems to know Joel. Uh, here they take Ellie to get cleaned up while Joel sits and talks to uh, Tommy and Maria. We hear we also discover that Maria is his wife. And because Joel is Joel, he can't be happy for anybody. And Joel Ellie is like, well, congratulations. <laughs> and here uh, he, she's like, tell them congratulations. And he, of course, he does the <laughs> voice of congratulations. Um, and that's how we move on. And then we see that the children of this town is finding Ellie odd because she is very loud, outspoken, and cursing and all these things. And they're like, what? Who are you? They are very intrigued. And mm-hmm. and they have to explain, Maria explains that the kids aren't used to kids like you. And that's mm-hmm. how we leave it. There might have been a cameo by someone that I didn't realize was there, but maybe. We're moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go on to see that Tommy and Joel go to a bar to have a conversation while Ellie is being cleaned up, takes a shower, gets some new clothes. There's a hoodie that Annie is very fond of that she wore for the viewing that looks exactly like it. It doesn't zip up. Sorry. Yes. Well, in the game, it doesn't zip up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. I did. I got very excited. <laughs> <laughs> We're sure it's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then we find out that during the bar at the bar scene, like he's like, "We got to go. Why are you here? Let's leave. I came to rescue you." You know, being funny. And mm-hmm. then it turns out Tommy is expecting a kid. Maria's pregnant. Row row, which is a deviation from the game. Just an FYI. Mm-hmm. And so that's like. He doesn't say congratulations, nothing. And Tommy's like, I hope I make a good father. And he was like, I guess we'll find out. Not mm-hmm. cool, bro. Not cool. Um, mm-hmm. We go back to Ellie, who is all clean and refreshed. And we see this layout of clothes for her. Again, that hoodie we just talked about. And a diva cup. Very important. I really like that detail, BT Dubs. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes downstairs. And this is Tommy and Maria's place. And we see a little shrine with the name Sarah and Kevin. Um, and if you know, you know that Sarah is Joel's kid. And so they... Tommy obviously put that there. And we try to find out that Kevin is uh, Maria's kid who had died. At this point, she kind of has a banter moment with Ellie, which Ellie's like, thanks for the weird gift, the Diva Cup. And she's like, you'll want it someday. It's a good <laughs> gift. Gets her nice purple uh, thick jacket. Apparently, 
Ellie doesn't like purple. I don't know. She just is very purple. And then uh, she talks about Kevin being Maria's son and then mourning. And then Maria kind of, Link does, does talk about Sarah to her, uh, to Ellie, because Ellie had no idea. She didn't even know who she was, that he even had a kid. So she gets that information. She gets a haircut as well. Find out that Maria was an attorney uh, once upon a time, but she really liked cutting hair. All of these things. And then it was, you know, made a conversation about uh, alluding to Joel's past not being great. Uh, mm-hmm. But Ellie's like, I know. <laughs> Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. I can take care of myself. And then she takes her to the movie. So we're guessing at this point in time, the QZ probably didn't have all of those types of things. So, so this was neat to see. Whatever movie was playing, though, sounded really awful. I don't know. Uh, by the way, if you're watching it on, in this theater scene, there's a girl that she sits next to was the one that was giving her weird looks or was watching her closely and was weirded out by uh, at the beginning and when she first comes in. You need to note her. <laughs> Can I say that? Okay. And so at this point in time, um, Tommy's trying to find Joel because Joel, of course, disappears because Joel is Joel being sad murder dad. Um, and Joel is in, I guess, uh, What's a shoe or player plays trying to repair his boots, but Tommy comes and gives him a new pair and he's like, I got you this. And they have a real upfront conversation. And here we find Joel freaking out, thinking that he's pretty much getting too old, afraid that he's going to get her killed, and afraid that he's going to see another person, another child die who he regards and loves dearly. So he's trying to get Tommy to go and take uh, Ellie after. Joel reveals that she is immune, tells him everything that happened in the past and all these things and how important it is. And then finally admits that Tess died. But by the way, at the very beginning, Tommy's like, how's Tess? And, and of course, Joel is like, oh, she's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. What the hell? And moving <laughs> on. Um, and so it is decided that Tommy will take her uh, to the hospital, to the Fireflies. Uh, unbeknownst to them... Ellie had been listening. So when he goes to the house where they are staying currently, Ellie says, you know, why didn't you just ditch me? And this scene plays out, which we do see this line by line, by line I believe, in the game, in which she's just like, you know, I didn't trust anyone. You're the only one. I've lost so many th- people. And he's like, you don't know lost. Stop talking about Sarah. And he's wrong, by the way. He's wrong. That just because you have lost some, a daughter doesn't negate anybody else's loss. Just go ahead and put that out there. So he's like, I don't want to, do, you know, put you in danger. This is for you. And then when he gets mad, he pushes her away and walks out. And she's sad. And and by the way, that diary scene does happen also in the game. Because she's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's all they worried about is boys and matching clothes. That's so odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we come into the morning. She's sitting waiting. Tommy comes to get her. They go to for the horses. Joel was sitting there with the horse. He's like, well, I was trying to steal a horse, in which Tommy's like, we would have given you a horse. But, you know, Joel was Joel. And so he's like, you know, I've been sitting here for 30 minutes. And she's like, what does that mean? He's like, you know, I'm going to give you a choice. And she's like, yeah, let's go. Me and you, me and you. So they hop on. They ride off the horse together. Um, And I believe they talked about a baby horse. That's Shimmer. Shimmer, yeah. Shimmer sticks around, y'all. Just in case you need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these animals are not really important, but they are like, they that, use the these names. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it could have been anything. Like, if they had diverted yeah. from those, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But they, mm-hmm. they're holding close to the game by putting these mm-hmm. even, like, animal 
as the actual ones. So anyway, mm-hmm. and we move on, and they're writing, and they get to uh, the hospital. But in between this, they're having a mo- lot of like interactions. They, he tries to teach her how to use the gun, talks about how he what he really wants in the future, and not being a sheep herding farmer. Yeah. So it was really sweet. You see them really getting close at this point. Um, and then we come to the hospital. Uh oh, there's no guards. They go in, and we him see him pick up a note, which finally, that's in the game. He picks yes. up the notes, <laughs> the notes to show that they had all left. They'd abandoned very quickly because something had happened. Um, and so also she sees animals like monkeys, which is mm-hmm. like that's a thing. Which we've all had the debate about, like, well, can the monkeys be infected? Can the animals be infected? I guess not. Moving <laughs> on. Um, and they hear noises, more monkeys, and then they look outside and realize, uh-oh, raiders. So they try to sneak away, even though I think their horse has already been spotted. But as they do, someone comes running to attack Joel. He, they get into a fight. Joel breaks his neck, real gruesome, um, turns around, and oh my God, he's been stabbed. Mm-hmm. We see the knife. Apparently, he didn't feel it. And then the rest of the crew come out running. They all they get in the horse to run away. She fires some shots. They think they got away. And the last thing we see is Joel falling off the horse in which she's begging him that she doesn't know what she's going to do alone. She can't survive alone. And for him to open his eyes mm-hmm. in the story. Yeah. Oh. And Annie's crying a lot at this point. <laughs> It was funny because, again, we watched these together, and I got the question beforehand, like, what is the cry scale? And I was like, well, I feel like it was going to count. It was going to depend on how much they leaned into their, what I called the come to Jesus moment, which, by the way, Samantha knows. I was very annoying about it, but I called what was going to happen in this episode. (laughs) I've gotten a few texts since then telling me she called it. I I definitely called it. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Most TVs are smart nowadays, but with busy home screens and remotes with too many or too few buttons, smart shouldn't mean complicated. That's why Roku TV is the smart TV made easy. The customizable home screen puts your inputs, streaming favorites like iHeart, and free live TV all in one place. From simple settings anyone can understand, automatic updates with the latest features, and much more, Roku TV is more than a smart TV. It's a better TV. Learn more today at Roku.com. Happy streaming. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. 
Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Yeah, so excellent recap as always, Samantha. There is a lot to cover in this one. And just to reiterate, this is... There's only seven, eight, three episodes left. Mm-hmm. So we're moving very quickly. We're moving very, very quickly. A lot of the things that I want to talk about overarching, I'm going to do in the final part, whatever episodes we do of the last episode, but just because I don't want to spoil it. But so, so keep that in mind. I did want to say the game, the first game is split into seasons. Summer. It starts in summer. It's the longest season. Winter is the third season, which is where we are now. It's the scariest season, in my opinion. Uh, but we'll see if people mm-hmm. feel like that. But the seasons do get progressively shorter. So summer is the longest, and then fall. and then. So it's moving quickly. I did want to call out the, the grumpy couple, Florence and Marlon. They were excellent. Amazing. Yes. And I saw so many headlines. So the next day, I woke up really early and I was just like reading headlines about about that episode. And so many were like, I would just watch a whole show that was just <laughs> like, Agreed. Yes. Agreed. They were so good. This is uh, this is definitely a turning point with Joel and Ellie's relationship in terms of like coming to coming to terms with what they're going to be moving forward. And uh throughout is kind of this theme of like Ellie asking Joel to teach her things and then eventually Mm -hmm. Joel finally teaching her those things like teaching her how to hunt teaching her how to shoot all of that stuff certainly um, Jackson was cool to see Mm -hmm. Uh, a place that works as Ellie says a place that works and Maria Maria is one of my very favorites she's played by Rutina Wilson in this from True Blood. Yes, yes. we were very excited uh, yes. to see her because it's been, I mean, she's been in several successful shows since then, but we always love an icon coming back. So having her being a part of the show, which I did not expect. I knew about uh, Nick Offerman and Melanie from Yellow Jacket, but I did not know that uh, Rutina was going to be on this. I am very excited to see her and I will fight anyone who does not like her as Maria. Mm-hmm. She was amazing. And yeah, in the show, she's like kind of like Sarah, very white, blonde, blue eyed. Mm-hmm. So this was a, a nice change of pace. And and like she did an excellent, excellent job. And, and Maria is one of my very favorites. And she is another example of women in this game series in the show being a leader, like continuing yeah. to be these leaders. Um, even though she says, like, you know, we're democratically elected, which they are in Jackson, she is, like, a very driving force. Right. And she's very, very respected in Jackson. And you do get a lot more of her backstory than you do in the game. Like, being the the lawyer, the attorney, having a kid, all of those things. And it's kind of interesting because in the game, she... Uh, 
the game kind of plays out differently with how the whole, like, I'm giving you Ellie, Tommy, please take her. Wherein, like, he convinces Tommy, like, oh, you have to take her. You care about this stuff. I don't. We're going to talk more about the changes they made with Joel's character in a second. But, right. Like, and then Maria yelling at Joel, like, if he dies and it's on you. Um, again, there's no child's. That was a, a introduction, like Maria being pregnant was new for the show. I also thought it was really interesting that they included, like, be careful who you put your faith in. That was Maria's, like, advice right. to Ellie after they sort of had this contentious early, <laughs> a conversation about Joel. Uh, and she doesn't trust Joel with Tommy. That Like, in the game, she doesn't. In the show, she doesn't. She knows about the past uh, that they had... And it's not that she's in any way, like, cruel. She just doesn't trust him. She doesn't trust right. him. Well, um, if you've made up this t- town, which is flowing lovely and, like, nobody's out for themselves, mm-hmm. which, and then you have someone who comes in who still kind of has that mentality of being out, you don't know. Because it only takes one bad uh, faith move. And if he takes something from somebody, if he destroys something, or if he lets, you know, those things can really disrupt. So you're bringing in someone who has a reputation mm-hmm. for doing whatever he needs to do to survive versus helping a community survive. I would be wary too. Yeah, and it's not easy to make a place like this in this apocalypse. And um, we'll also talk about this more in a second, but like we get kind of a glimpse of uh, Joel and Tommy's past, and it's not pretty. And I think that she's, you know, heard these conversations with her husband <laughs> um, about what went down and is just kind of being cautious with Ellie. Like, hey, maybe, you know, just just have questions. Just be a little, be a little wary about this. Um, also, yeah, the Diva Cup. I cannot tell you how many articles I was reading, giggling in my room, <laughs> your room that yeah, I was yeah, staying yeah, in, yes. and I, about what is a diva cup. Because, like, CNN wrote a whole article, like, are you confused about what that item was? Here's what it is. <laughs> and I was like, wow. oh my gosh. <laughs> yep, and I love that because, you know, our listeners, y'all know exactly what it is. We've talked about it for mm-hmm. years. It's been around for years. And yeah, and I was like, oh, that's that It would be the smart way to go for mm-hmm. that type of emergency. And I'm really glad for the first time we see it being addressed instead mm-hmm. of just being like, everything's fine. Women's bodies don't work like that. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that they did it. They did it in a, like even with the tampons in episode three, they did it in a way where Ellie has like no shame about it. Right. Um, you know, she's in front of this kind of like manly man dude, Joel, and she's like, I found this treasure of tampons. Like yeah. she doesn't care. And Craig Mason who's like the showrunner, uh, creator for television, he said when the pandemic first started, uh, he like called his wife and was like, what do I get? Uh, tampons passed. Diva got like, what do I do? Because he's got daughters as well. Uh, and he thought like that should be more represented and more normalized in, in something like this, where it is something she would need. Like it's... Right. <laughs> like, hey, we heart normalizing periods. Mm-hmm. Come on. I love how she, like, picks it up and is, like, gross. But she's not, like, really grossed out right. by it. She's kind of like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I think we all did that one. The first yes. reaction to a diva cup was like, what is this? Oh, I don't like, oh, wait. 
You know, it's kind of like, ew, right. oh, that meme. Oh. Like, ew, oh, mm, okay. <laughs> That's the reaction you have with the diva cup at first because you don't realize how really well-functioning it is. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's true. It's just such a, like, fun kind of interaction of, you know, because it's not like it's the most fun process at all. Not but, at all. But, but it is nice to see a character be like, oh, gross, but nice. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I have <Thanks>. this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I also read that they put, they made uh, the font that said menstrual solution on the front of it larger so that people could read it. I love it. And yeah, Craig Meisen said, uh, we do this all the time in shows with things like guns. Uh, where we never explain how to load them, or we never explain and do that. Why do we have to explain what a diva cup is to right. to people? Right, which I love. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, then I'm just gonna run through some quick things. And if you've like played the games or looked up spoilers, then you'll know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, then just keep it in the back of your head or forget it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you can forget it because it, it doesn't come around. It's not important. It's just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Asterisks. Because there were a lot of Easter eggs in this one. This was a, like, Easter egg-packed episode. Dina, oh, my goodness. I was so excited the next day. I was like, this first thing I've said to you, I think, the next It's morning. true. <laughs> Shimmer the horse, the jacket, oh, the hoodie. And then the ranch with sheep. And also uh, Joel saying, like, actually, I'd like to be a musician. Yes. I'll, because in yes. the first episode we did, I was like, the guitar! The guitar, yes. Mm-hmm. We don't. I guess we don't have too many flashbacks of him happy times. We just have the one of, like, how it began. Right. So, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this brings us to kind of the changes they've made with Joel's character in the show, which I get why they made them, and I'll have my thoughts in the final episode, maybe. Or maybe the next one, who knows. But... They made him softer. He's a he is not nearly as soft or as open with his emotions. Which some of you listening who've never played the game might be like, "What?" Yeah, we never um, see him cry. No, and that scene where he's like in front of Tommy and crying. No, never no. in a yep. million years would that have happened in the we game. We see him have regrets, yes. but never crying. Yes, and even that when, which we'll talk about in a second because it's like famous, but this their big blowout with Ellie and Joel, that he's even, he's much harsher than that in the game. But he doesn't, that we see he doesn't have panic attacks in the game. I will say they do have a really good which if you don't care about spoilers, we've talked about in past episodes about The Last of Us, they do have a really good depiction of trauma um, in these games. But like this whole fear of failure, his kind of freezing up, his like fear that his heart will stop. They don't really explore that in his character. Um, He is, I mean, like... The trauma is always apparent. It's just he deals with it in the very cut-off way of I will not befriend you, child. Or right. I, like, I'm like <laughs> right. a very sad murder dad. Right, sad murder dad. I feel like, too, as the relationship developed in the game, you don't really see that flip as easily. It just... Like, you see the flip in the show. We saw the flip. Of course, it always happens at the most inopportune time, you're getting too comfortable audience. This is not going to mm-hmm. end well. And we're, we just saw that with the ending on this mm-hmm. episode. Uh, 
which is what made you cry. But like all of those things, like that, we don't see that. I don't feel like I built that up in the game. Maybe I was just because it was I was watching it as a game, but it didn't mm-hmm. feel like that. There was a huge like big moment. It just kind of gradually happens, and we yeah. don't notice it until uh, like when he gets pr- protective. Right, right. So in the game, which if you care about spoilers in the game, this isn't much different. But if you care about them. Now's the time to go. Um, <laughs> in the game, he kind of like, Ellie and Joel have their big fight. She runs away, mm-hmm. which she didn't do in the show. She runs away. Tommy and Joel have to go find her. They have their whole fight. And it's not resolved. And then Joel just kind of decides. Like, he's just is kind of like, okay, uh, I'll take her. You know right. what? Your wife scares me. <laughs> I'll take her. <laughs> That's what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not, yeah, there's not that big like moment or confession from him at all. It just sort of happens. Um, something else that I noticed, and we've talked about this in previous episodes too. They've definitely made it more realistic in terms of like the effects your body would feel mm-hmm. um, living in this world, and especially as you get older. And Joel certainly has some internalized ableism because he was talking about like, you know, if I had just been able to heard this person hear this person, but I'm deaf, if I could have just moved faster, but I'm old, I'm weak, he says, all I've ever done is fail. Kind of this like really this thing hanging over him that he's not good enough to protect this to protect this person and and he does he doesn't do this in the game either but he kind of has a moment where he's like if I fail Ellie like this is it she's like the possible cure for humankind Mm -hmm. so this is a huge deal and I need someone else who is better than me to take it on like he's like feeling that weight you also see a lot of um, kind of the the ghost of Sarah the specter of Sarah uh, his daughter hanging over this whole thing. Like, there's a flashback where he thinks, it's not really a flashback, but he thinks he sees Sarah um, as an adult with a child of her own. And it's like, oh, that that's what I could have had. Um, yeah, he you see him kind of lying about Tess uh, when him and Tommy have their confrontation about, like, what, what Joel did to protect... Uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy says, life stopped for you. It doesn't have to stop for me. And kind of referencing the watch, which stopped and he still wears when Sarah got shot and died. Um, you do have Ellie learning about Sarah for the first time. In the game, it's a photograph she finds. And him just being totally unwilling to talk to her about it, not wanting to deal with it. I did think it was interesting in the... um kind of, you know, behind-the-scenes interview at the end where they were talking about the differences between how Maria handled the loss of her child, Kevin, and how Joel handled the loss of Sarah, and also the similarities of Ellie and Joel and how they handle loss. Because Ellie is kind of like, hey, I'm sorry for your loss, but I've lost people too. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, you also, we did get to this big Tommy reunion and one of the things about that is Joel's been so concerned about, you know, Tommy, and he's 
like, I got to go save him. And it turns out Tommy's doing well. He's doing, like, quite well. <laughs> um, you do get some hints at their very, very dark past. Uh, and there are a couple of, like, in, like, more Easter eggs, like the stealth kill, as you were talking about, when he breaks that guy's neck. When uh, Joel breaks that guy's neck, that's how you stealth kill on the game. And then also the the map trick that they do at the beginning. Ooh. Oh, that's, that's right. Totally... I forgot that, that scene. I do remember mm. them being like, at the very beginning, like, she told me, if yours is different, mm-hmm. you're dead. Yeah, it does happen in the game. It does indeed. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. With so many streaming devices out there today, what sets Roku apart? Roku players are made for one thing, to get you the entertainment you want quick and easy. That means a simple home screen with your favorites front and center, channels like iHeartRadio that launch in a snap, and curated selections of TV for when you only sort of know what to watch. Not to mention all the free TV you can stream, including over 300 free live channels on the Roku channel. Find the perfect Roku player for you today at Roku.com. Happy streaming! Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Uh, and then, yes, the the come to Jesus moment. Like throughout this episode, as I said, like you see kind of Ellie being like, hey, if she says, if you're dead, I'm uh, to Joel. Um, and then they have this huge fight, which kind of cracked me up. But in the uh, the post interview thing, they were saying it's the most famous scene in the game. I guess so. I mean, <laughs> it stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. But it is exactly, almost exactly. Like, you can watch a side-by-side, uh, like, the game. But where Ellie's, like, essentially, like, admit you wanted to leave me this whole time. You wanted to ditch me this whole time. I'm not Sarah. Like, if you can say anything you want, but uh, you're the only one who hasn't left me. And if you do, I'm just going to be more afraid. Like, don't say it's better for me. I will say, if you get a chance, you should look at the posters and stuff. 
in the room she's in because it's the room of like a teenage girl before mm-hmm. the the pandemic and there's like a like list of hottest boys and like all these posters from things but in the game you see Ellie constantly confused about uh things like that where the, she finds this like modeling poster and she's like why did women feel like they had to be so thin that doesn't make sense I would give anything to have like food and not be worried about this Um, the vampire romance movies she doesn't get um, so that was kind of a fun little nod to that Um, well no in the the after the show thing they Craig Meisen said like you know Joel makes Ellie feel less afraid but she makes him feel more afraid because it's something you can lose that he's experienced before. And we also get to see Ellie's fear of ending up alone, which is her greatest fear kind of playing out. I did think it was interesting because when Joel's like, you deserve a choice, like, I I think you'd be better off with Tommy, but if you want to go with me, and she's immediately like, yes, let's go. That wasn't in the game either. He just kind of was like, get on the horse. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're going together. Um, and then, yeah, you do get to see kind of this montage of them bonding, of him teaching her things, of him opening up finally about, like, actually, I'd rather be a singer if I can be anything. He even smiled at one point. Whoa. And we're going to talk about this more in the next episode, but the inspiration of the entire game is kind of, we're almost at that. And it kind of happens in this mysterious, I won't say more, but we'll talk about that in the next one. And then we do get to see them starting, yeah, starting to think of, like, the future. What could it be like post-infection where Joel says, you know, yeah, I want this ranch with sheep. And then actually, no, I want to be a musician. And Ellie says, I want to be an astronaut. And she she brings up Sally Ride, mm-hmm. which was great. Uh, and she is super into into space in the, in the game. Um, and, and Sarah was also really into that stuff. Uh, so... There's that. Also, the sad song that's playing at the end was the Depeche Mode song. I'm taking a ride with my best friend. I don't think it's called that, but you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) From the first episode, but they did it again, and it was Craig Meisen's daughter. And he was like, I felt like it would be appropriate where, because the lyrics are kind of like, I hope he never lets me down again. And it's the daughter singing it this Mm -hmm. time. And it's, Mm -hmm. uh uh-huh. Also, there was definitely a uh, nod to Linda Ronstadt's A Long, Long Time (laughs) when Tommy and Joel reunite. Have I watched this episode like eight times? Yes, I have. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I did want to say, I don't think I'm going to go into this too much in this one, but I do want to come back to this because I feel like I was very interested in what would happen in terms of the fandoms between the gamers and people who hadn't played the game who were just watching the show. And I'm I'm starting to see it play out. So I do want to revisit that. It was going to be a movie by Sam Raimi. I don't know if I ever said that. That's disturbing. Yeah. Well, and Neil Druckmann, the creator of the game, was like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but I just think that's interesting given some of the conversations that are playing out right now. Um, also, I've seen a lot of articles written about parasocial relationships about this. We are going to come back and talk about that. It is interesting. But, uh, that's for a later time. In the meantime, up next, if you don't want any spoilers, I'm not going to spoil it, but if you don't want to even watch the trailer, if you're that kind of person, then hop on out. We're going to see 
Riley, if you remember from the first episode, Riley was mentioned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mentioned again in the second episode. Uh, Going to see kind of Ellie's past. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get more puns. I believe that to be true. And we are arriving at what I think is the scariest point in the game. I don't think it'll be the next episode, but we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's exciting. It is. And of course, yeah. we're just going to hold our breath and hope that everything turns out okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is an apocalypse game, so it's yes. Kind of- I'm Oof. sure more deaths. There's definitely more deaths. <laughs> what do you think on the uh, crying scale would be for the next episode? Mm, From one to ten. A, oh, boy. Uh, oof. I think it depends. I think if you're... I, I feel like I need to have two scales because I feel like if you're a crier like me who loves the game, I put it at a five to six. If you're not, I'd give it a, a four. Um, same. But it also depends on what they do. Because honestly, like what they did with Bill and Frank wasn't in the game like that. Yeah. And it made me stop. So there's some flips happening. There's some flips happening. There are some flips. I know we're coming to an end, but before we do, Annie, would you like to share your favorite pun (laughs) from (laughs) Will Livingston's pun book? This isn't my favorite one. I'll I'll bring the pun book in next time. But one of my favorite ones is... um, what did the green grape say to the purple grape? Breathe, you idiot. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that was off the top of my head. <laughs> it oh, was very impressive. Oh, my. Um, well, thank you, as always, to everyone going along this journey, whether you've played the game, seen the show, none of the above. Uh, we are having, I'm having a great time. So <laughs> We are I'm having very, a great time. <laughs> I'm very, very excited. For the next episode, I'm getting more and more, like, just so excited every time. So, this has been so fun. Um, If you have any thoughts, any favorite puns, uh, you can send them to us. Our email is stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok where you can see me cry about The Last of Us. <laughs> um, at Steph Mom Never Told You. We're also on YouTube now if that's your thing. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Steph Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. and this is 20 questions on deadline joining me today is allison Bree. welcome allison we got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album the one that was like you've already won me over oh that's a good one yeah it's a very all slow the, all the options in spite of me <laughs> like what did we do it's so slow don't forget to listen to 20 questions on deadline thank you again allison thank you No one likes to talk about money. Am I saving enough? Can I buy a house? Am I paying too much in taxes? Will I be able to retire? What if you could unlock insights about your finances in less than five minutes with a clear picture of where you stand today and where your money can work harder? Now you can. Visit facet.com to take the free quiz and get your financial wellness score today. That's F-A-C-E-T.com. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.